0: Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Nadeem Ahmed from the Rockstar team and Nadeem has been working with these two wonderful Rockstar members for a long time now, Jason Cow and Jennifer Cow and they are here to share their story. So these are my favorite episodes because these are Canadians right here locally that are sharing how they're investing in real estate. And the reason that they're my favorite is because when Nick and I were starting, we felt alone and lonely and we had no one to turn to. So to hear other people's story locally now, to get this information just feels like some of the highest value things that we can offer. So this is their story of how they decided to dive into the world of real estate investing. Jen, uh, Jason sorry, Genesis, Jason and Jennifer both share how they thought about real estate, why they got into real estate, where they're headed next with their portfolios. And they outline the different properties that they got started with and some of the thinking around the analysis that they did. So we're very grateful that they decided to do this. And Nadeem Ahmed is here to share some of his thoughts with them and how he experienced the journey of buying properties with them. So Nadeem Ahmed, if you haven't heard his name on the podcast, he actually has been on a few times. We've worked with Nadeem here at Rockstar. He's one of the Rockstar coaches probably for, I guess, seven to eight years now. He's worked with hundreds of real estate investors on tens of millions of dollars worth of income properties all around the GTA. So he's a great resource and he's sometimes a little quiet so to pull him on one of these shows, he's somebody who does big things in the real estate investing world, but to pull him on one of these shows is not his, you know, I don't think it's his favorite thing to do. So we're grateful that Nadim Ahmed also decided to come on here and share with us as well. So if you are listening to this and you want to get started in the real estate investing journey yourself, you can come to one of the free training classes that Jason and Jennifer, I think it was actually Jason who came first. And that class is our introductory real estate training class. And that you can register for that at Canadian Real So that's Canadian Real And that's the class where we go through all the different strategies that we're working with investors right here in 2022, right in this area. If it's, uh, you know, different student rentals and duplexes and straight rentals, we share the purchase prices of these properties, the rent that we're getting on the different strategies, the areas that we're working in. And we stick around at the end of that class to answer all your questions so you can register and get an online kind of Zoom link for the next time we're doing that class at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's enough with this intro. Let's get on with the show.
1: Are you ready to live life on your terms?
0: Is
2: it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are
1: you ready?
2: Let's go.
0: Okay, we are live with Jason Cao and Jen Cao and Nadim Ahmed, Cao. What's the What's the last uh, What's What's the, what's the, what's the <laughs> No, Nadim's last in not last name doesn't also include Cao. But I'm just thinking, what What is the nationality of that last name? Chinese. It's Chinese. <laughs> you hesitated. You had to think about it for a little bit. You well, know, it depends. What
1: you want the technical? What kind of Chinese?
0: Oh yeah, sure. So, yeah.
1: Uh, it well, it's half. From Hong Kong and from Taiwan, how? so Taiwanese and Hong Kongese. Okay, which is Chinese, just a different derivative of Chinese.
0: And then your parents are from Hong Kong.
1: My mom's from Hong Kong. My dad's from Taiwan. Okay,
0: yeah, that's that would make sense that that how, how that works. And they uh, met
1: where? In Hong Kong.
0: And then they they you were born here in Canada. Yep. So they left Hong Kong. Yep. to, to start a life here.
1: Yeah, so they, they met each other over in Asia, but then over the time, they both decided to move to Canada.
0: But they weren't together then?
1: Um, no, they were. Okay. But it was one of these weird ones where they weren't really together at the same location. Huh. Long distance relationship. Long distance relationship.
3: They, like, they wrote letters and, to each other. Yeah.
1: No way.
0: Oh my God, it's a love story. It is. <laughs> you are a love child. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes. And then Jen, you're uh, born in Canada?
3: Nope, born in Hong Kong. Born in Hong Both Kong. Both my parents are from Hong Kong, and I moved here when I was four. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah, geez. I I was, you know, we're talking to, I, just this is kind of making me think of Cherry. Do you guys know Cherry Chan?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: She was telling me how her, pa- I think it was her mom, like, swam from Ch- China, I guess that would be the mainland side, mm-hmm. to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Is this possible? And that she, some guards were kind of like, um like walking above her while she was still in the water at some little bridge area where she was coming out of the water oh, and wow. just kind of petrified about the whole situation. And I'm just thinking about like what so many of our parents went through, mm-hmm. you know, your parents have stories. My parents have stories. Nadim, your parents have stories. Mm-hmm. And then being born here in Canada, it's like, it seems so simple to me.
3: Yeah. So I, I feel go. like, I feel like we live in a bubble and, and, and unintentionally I think our parents wanted us cause they wanted us to have this, good life right they had their struggles you know they came here with barely any money in their pocket and they want us to have this opportunity and we're here we've got this all these opportunities and it's very easiest for us to just sit there and like oh yeah this is great this is great and we're, we're trained to feel that way I think and we're taught to feel that way you you got this you got this great mm-hmm. life here you got clean water you got clean air you don't have anybody you know trying to bomber the house beside you right like we live in Canada. we live in a bubble yeah it's a great yeah. little bubble it's easy for us to get, get comfortable
2: yeah.
3: right it's so when there's a struggle in front of us when there's something ahead of us that we need to do I feel like we need the extra push because we're almost trained from the get-go to be comfortable yeah and our, that's how kind of I don't know it's naturally
1: I, like for our parents to remove yeah. friction in your lives right yeah. yeah as parents we want to try to remove as much friction for our children. You know, as a part of an unintentional consequence, sometimes that makes it too easy where some kids or, you know, even uh, for friends in our age, our age group, we might have that kind of mentality of saying, hey, it's, it's easy. It's supposed to be easy.
0: Trying to protect your kids at mm-hmm. all times. Don't yeah. let yeah. them have that friction. So yeah. that's interesting that we kind of went down this path a little bit. And, and Jen, I'm totally agreeing with everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. What, so when you guys, how old are your kids right now? Six and four. Six and four. What goes through your mind then? Because sometimes I find with my kids who are uh, 15 and 19, Mm -hmm. I want them to have struggle. Like exactly. I want them to have struggle, mm-hmm. yep. and sometimes over the most ridiculous things. You know, if there's a problem at his uh, my son's student rental, it's like I'm like happy because they had water. One of the sump pumps went. There was mm-hmm. water coming into the basement. And they're like all they're all freaking out. Like oh my god, yep. there's water. I'm like well, I don't know where's the water coming from. Yep. Did you reach out to the landlord? You know what's going on here? And I kind of and not that that's a huge struggle by any means, mm-hmm. but I want these things. And I wonder sometimes if maybe raising kids in Canada, we just don't do that to our kids enough. And is that like the system and Canada's fault because we don't have those opportunities? Our fault as parents or it's just no one's fault. It is what it is. But it kind of goes through my mind a lot. Like I I just want them to be resilient and resourceful. And it's tough, I think, to teach those kinds of qualities when you're raising kids in in Canada.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're in an environment where we're meant to be comfortable. Yeah. Again, that's what our parents wanted, right? And that's where we are. Um, again, it's like you said, it's find the opportunity to to go through these lessons learned. Like, you know, our parents came here; English was their second language. I can't imagine like trying to navigate through the government policies, um, how to buy a house, how to do anything. You got a like, driver's
0: license. Yeah, yeah. and
3: ho- how do you figure that out? Yeah, how do I renew my license sticker? You got to yeah, go. All yeah. you- You got to go online, find the link, read the paragraphs. You know what I mean? Just to go through those simple things we take so much for granted because we understand it so well. Could you imagine being in their shoes? Right? It's it's we don't. I haven't. Maybe I feel like I haven't experienced that type of struggle.
0: Yeah, because
3: I grew up in this you know great place. I got a little bit of a
0: taste of that. I I took my father to a family wedding in Croatia this summer, and with all the COVID stuff we had to go through, he's eighty-two. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the app on his phone, whatever is it, the Arrive Can app or whatever Canada has now. He, he doesn't have the knowledge to pull out an app to figure out the testing locations and to do it within 48 hours and i was just thinking how did he make it in canada because <laughs> without me right now he's not getting back home like he's not <laughs> yeah. getting back home like he's going to be staying in croatia yeah. so uh, it just kind of gave me some flashbacks like they went through a lot yep. because if i was stuck in another country with english as you know my, uh, or sorry the, the the native tongue there is my second language i mean i don't know yeah. i don't know how i would make it yeah. um i want to bring this kind of to, to, to some some of the real estate stuff. When you guys kind of were looking at your, um, I don't know if it was your finances, your lives, what was it? Which one of you said, hey, I think we should check out real estate as something that maybe we should add to our investing? It was, so it was Jason. Jason. And so what, what was what was your thinking? And then how, how receptive was Jen to this?
1: Yeah. So, um, like, um, my, so my dad uh, invested in real estate before, but he kept it really hands off to me. It was one of those things where, you know, parents would just do it and then not really involve me because it was like, I'm trying to isolate you from all this stuff. And then eventually I figured out, like he went through a lot of challenges with tenants not paying and a whole bunch of other stuff, parties and smoking in units that you're not supposed to smoke. Went through the whole eviction process. I didn't realize he was going through that. But uh, anyway, so that's kind of my early taste of real estate, right? And I work in commercial real estate as a project manager. So I'm kind of exposed to the real estate side of things but never from the investing side of things. It's more about like building mm-hmm. building environments and building high-performance environments as opposed to investing in them. So we've always been heavy stock investors um, throughout our, I guess, working careers. And uh, one day we were just Googling and just doing some research about like...
0: Uh, yeah, I saw what you mentioned about our website. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it. You it can great. Say it.
1: Uh, it goes to your SEO. It's still there. <laughs> so, you know, we did some Googling about... Um, investing and increasing net worth and just kind of stuff that we all try to go through to, uh, at our age uh, with kids trying to figure out and plan and uh, your website came up i don't remember which one it was but uh, it was one of your earlier ones the real estate renegades that's right that the Real Estate Renegades.
0: that one was a purely search engine optimized yep. website and it does look like it's from like 1998 that mm-hmm. that particular website but when i saw jason comment on the website saying, <laughs> yeah i found your website and I think you said something like, it looked like it hadn't been updated since like modems <laughs> were invented. And uh, you're right, you're right. It's because it was a search engine optimized website yeah. and we were using certain templates and we just let it run and it's been like providing value to us for like over a decade. So we oh, just wow. kind of left it live out there, right? And that but goes, that's the one you found.
1: Yeah, that goes to show, I mean, you don't have to optimize everything to perfection where it's like, you know, you just fail fast kind of thing as opposed to figure out all the steps and then take a leap of faith by that time that happens it's like you're too late already
0: yeah that's interesting you say that because i think we were doing this business for about a year and a half and we knew we had to make a website but we were always waiting for like okay we'll have like a, a proper website with all these different features to it and then one day i just got frustrated and i thought we're sending out a weekly email i'm writing a blog post i'm just gonna take these blog posts and make them websites and I'm, uh, or web pages and i'm gonna search engine optimize each page and we did that for like two or three years before we even had like a prop, maybe a proper website. But just taking action, we got results from that and it served us so well. It's just like another one of those things that, you know, yeah, just diving in is more valuable sometimes than kind of yeah. overanalyzing. And uh, and also in your story that you shared with members, Jason, I have to bring it up that you're an engineer, <laughs> en- because you're an engineer by education. That's right. You're a project manager now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always joke, I know, I, we have to say this because I, And Nadim Nadim knows this too. When anyone starts to work with us, we always have this inside joke here at Rockstar that like, are they an engineer? (laughs) They're like, like, We always take a deep breath. Like, Oh, geez. Okay. They're going to want to see the spreadsheet, like to the minutia now. Like, here we go. Whereas I guess we've been doing this so long and there's no fault in that at all. It's just, we've been doing this so long. It's like, you can blindfold us put us in a city, we'll touch the side of the, you know, yeah. tell us the price of this thing, tell me what city I'm in, and I'll tell you if we buy it or we don't buy it. Like, it's that basic. So to go through the website sometimes after doing it for like 10 years with yeah. people, you're like, holy smokes. Mm-hmm. And engineers always uh, have the most, you know, detail-oriented questions on, on the numbers. Yeah. So uh, so you went through that process then, I guess? You started did, crunching yeah. some numbers?
1: No, I, I actually, even before crunching numbers. So we went to your website, and then it was one of these reading through the actual stories, and then, and then look, looking at it and be like, hey, this is something here, right? Hey, it's Canadians, local. Who are these guys, right? What's this scam about? Yeah. <laughs> the how much does everyone ask?
0: Nadim, you didn't laugh at all until you said that. <laughs> <laughs> how, are these, how are these people trying to rip me off yeah. right
1: now? Right, and uh, just talk to Jen about it. Be like, okay, you got to read this ebook, <laughs> right? That e- e-book miniseries you had, I and mean, just read it and then read through it, skimmed it, and was like, hey, let's go sign up for their class. It's free. Like, what, what do we have to lose, right? Mm-hmm. So we went and signed up to your class and then you were there when we were still allowed to be in person. Um, and it was a very compelling presentation, like very compelling, nothing salesy in terms of saying, Oh, like you buy this and then you'll get that. It's here's the story, right? Here's the story Mm -hmm. of, of your business. And here's the story of how you've helped people where that's something that we were just looking for. Like, okay, well, how can, how can, you guys help us because that's what we were trying to figure out like who can help us
0: and and why why did you check out real estate because you were already investing in stocks was it just something as a diversification kind of thing like let's get a piece of real estate because we don't have an investment piece of real estate yeah
1: that's most of it and like being in the commercial real estate I see the growth right you see the growth of of just commercial real estate like that's that's trickling down to residential Mm -hmm. because you know everyone needs somewhere to live I could tell you like before we started an acre was less than a million dollars when we were looking at it internally with my with my company right
0: what year would that be oh uh
1: what's three years ago 2019 uh, oh 2019. 2019
0: 2018
1: like yeah. less than a million it was just creeping up to 900 you know a million dollars an acre and look look where uh what what
0: are you seeing now
1: oh like f- four or five plus depending on what density what area yeah wow yeah so yeah that that's basically the reason we were just looking to diversify and put some money into something that could help us grow a bit faster and bigger than stocks.
0: And then Jen, were you on board with this, or were you just like, okay, let's try this out? Like, what was your thinking?
3: Yeah, like I want to try it out, but between the two of us, I would say he's more risk adverse than I am. Right? I'm the ones like, oh, I'm always, I'm always have these limiting beliefs, like, oh, is it going to be okay? Are we going to lose money? You know, all these all these thoughts that go through your head when you're trying to get your first property. And don't get me wrong, when I got in, when I went when I got invited, or when he invited me to go to this um, fast start. Uh, program it's like all oh, right I don't know what they're gonna sell me like what what are they gonna talk about I don't know but I, nope, I went with an open mind yeah. right and you know the second we came out of there we signed up for for your um, membership like the second we left that night we signed up so it just shows you know
0: i wish you a told a me you were two engineers yeah right there, like hey you got two
1: engineers to sign up <laughs> you were offering a discount yeah, yeah. so it was like come on being asian you know <laughs> yeah yeah
0: like, yeah, oh, yeah. Discount <laughs> like, oh, yeah i, I didn't got, even realize I okay yeah. okay right <laughs> that's noted yeah, right. yeah. discount yeah. that works for the scottish side of my family too yeah. discount we're gonna get a better price here.
1: yeah yeah no and i mean yeah jen's uh jen's right about that like like uh, part of the, our relationship has been kind of this yin and yang thing, but on a good side, right? Where um, I'll f- tend to, i tend to jump first mm-hmm. or put my w- foot in the water first before kind of uh, going through all the details. But uh, she balances it out by saying, hold on, let's just take a look like from a different angle, right? Yeah. Give me yeah. some perspective because yeah. sometimes I'll just be like, hey, let's kind of do it.
0: Awesome. Okay. And then, so then you met Nadeem. Mm-hmm. And Nadim starts, I'd imagine you start going, where was your first property? What city? I forget. St. Catharines. And you guys probably had not been in St. Catharines. Oh, like Where's St. Pro- Catharines? Yeah. Okay.
2: So then. Yeah. I still w- remember the first time we went out on a Sunday. And I think we found property the first, first trip out. First mm-hmm. trip out, yeah. But I think we were looking, just going for a tour, looking at different properties. And then we discussed rent-to-own. Yeah. And the house we saw, I think the very first one was like the perfect rent-to-own fit. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that was even the the mindset we're going. We're just going with. I think we were talking about burr. We're looking at student rentals, yeah. different options, right? Yeah. So yeah. how did you end up deciding to go with the rental? Safe.
3: Yeah, for me, I, I can tell. For me, it's the whole rental model was new, and then I got introduced to that model at your first that fast start class. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a great way to get our feet wet because there is almost like a guarantee in a way. Like you have that contract set up. There's a guarantee that you win something in the end you get something in the end right you know that i feel like be, a lot of people's first fears of going to real estate is oh the real estate market's going to crash yeah. oh i'm going to lose money like i'm pretty sure that's everybody's first right. yes.
0: and tenants will, tenants will destroy my yeah. entire yeah. property that's exactly the other one. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. the point number two <laughs> yeah. right yeah.
3: so the rent to own contract kind of you know mitigates those two things yeah. number one you know what you're going to get in the end you know it's going to be you know, X percent or X dollars or whatever. And number two, you know that tenant's going to take care of the property because, you know, it's, they're going to make it their own. So those are two things that you're most concerned about. You're basically mitigating through this rent-to-own contract. It's
2: interesting. Exactly. That's exactly what I went through. I've always had money in my life. just yep. never bought a property. And until I joined Rockstar, learning about rent-to-own, it's the first property that I ever bought was yeah. just feeling safe. Exactly. Like, and right? that's, I feel so.
3: that's a great way to get started. And it's not the only way to do it. We all know there's other other strategies, but I feel like it's a great way to get your feet wet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because when we started, I think it was like 90, we had already flipped properties. We had already owned mm-hmm. rentals, student rentals, but the rent to own model was just to accomplish what you're saying, Jen. It was like, okay, how do we get someone who we, we know the right thing is for them to buy property in their lives, mm-hmm. but how do we like mitigate all the risks? Mm-hmm. And rent to own just answered that question. And, but it's interesting now we probably at Rockstar do like zero to 1% of all our transactions are rent-to-own stuff now, because as investors that we've worked with have matured like yourselves and got more experience, you realize a lot of the fears that you had, they're like out the window. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to sell a property, especially after the appreciation of the last 10 years or maybe even the last two years. Everyone's (laughs) like, no, I'm just holding properties forever. So it's a bit of a cyclical thing. But
2: saying that, I'm I'm getting a lot more investors who are joining us are looking to do rent-to-own recently.
0: Yeah, got it. And I have to give Nadim credit. Nadim has been someone who has always articulated the value of that particular strategy. So maybe it's, it's not zero, one one percent Maybe it's five percent. All because of Nadim Ahmed <laughs> doing the different rent-to-own stuff. Um, okay. So then you guys go out on the first and on that first trip. You buy a property on the first trip.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. we were... Oh, they
0: totally cards. thought you
2: were it ripping was them first,
3: off. I think it was the first trip, was First it? trip. It was yeah. the first trip. Yeah. We
2: put an offer, we right put right an on an the offer in, day. We looked at a few properties that day, I think, yeah. but in the end, we just circled back to that one. Yep.
0: So you're in St. Catharines, you do this first property, um, and then you, the second property, if, if from reading your story, you did it right away within the next month? Yeah, so you the, the next,
1: property? next week out, you we went week. again <laughs> to next take a week. look at properties, uh-huh. and then <laughs> same thing. Like the Sunday, we placed another offer, because it made sense, right? It was a student rental. And when it came down to it, it's about numbers. So yeah. uh, and Nadim helping us educate on numbers, putting it into our, at that time, not so fancy spreadsheet, but <laughs> okay. uh, good enough for us to understand. Like now,
0: you have, now, now your spreadsheet's definitely the master <laughs> class you know, spreadsheet. No,
1: you know what? It's not. We haven't really, we haven't we've
3: made had, We've added a few lines, yeah. but it's not, not you know. complicated.
1: complicated. Oh, really? No. Okay. No, like we've seen some spreadsheets um, and they are like 10 tabs open where one. We had,
0: the, the, the winner for us has been, uh, there was members their grandfather was a Russian rocket scientist. This is a true story. They, uh, the spreadsheet comes back to us, it has like 10 sub worksheets with all different numbers being populated, little, little formulas and kind of little macros kind of running. And on the main spreadsheet, it was pumping out all these different numbers and they came back to us and they said, you know what, everything you talk about with real estate, it actually works. We had our grandfather, check this out, he's a rocket scientist. He put the spreadsheet together. Look at this, your numbers actually work. And we're like, oh my gosh, we are Russian rocket scientists approved (laughs) right now on this thing. So yeah, we've seen every spreadsheet under the sun. But we've also seen other people who are just like, no, I know this is gonna work, I'm just gonna go out and buy a property. And they do so little analysis, it scares us. We're like, whoa, 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 do you wanna just look into this a little bit more? And you're like, no, no, we just trust you guys. You know, we're like, holy smokes. So you guys went out and got this second property um, then, and there's a student rental by Brock. Uh, yeah. Yep. Forward. Okay. Yep. Is is that a property that you still own? Yep. Okay. The yep. rent to own do you still own?
1: Yep, it's uh coming up on its fu- its last year. So okay. obviously it depends on what our tenant wants to do with it. So there's an option to to take it over and buy it and we'll offload it. Mm-hmm. And
2: sp- un- speaking also going about what's yep. b- b- beneficial for us, but I think at the same time coming they're closer all, to the microphone. Sorry. There you go. The, also being <laughs> beneficial for for us, it's also and Jason was thinking about helping the tenant to get into their first home and yeah. buy, right? So it's also being help, helping yeah. out the other.
1: It was, and that's, that's, that was part of the, like the win-win. It's not always just about, okay, how can it benefit us as the investor? Right. right. When it comes down to it, like we're trying to help people, right? Most of us landlords are not, are doing it so that we can create some cash flow, create some equity, build some wealth. <laughs> when it comes down to it though, we, we are actually helping people, right? We might not see it that way, but really you're, you're, you're providing people with a home, some residents, some, Security, um, so some security, yeah, yeah. a roof yeah. over their head. Where times where some people don't even get access to that. So, yeah, it's a win-win yeah. for for this tenant if they decide to take it over. We'll be happy. Unfortunately, <laughs> based on appreciation prices, you know,
2: I mean by the time when we did when we did when we did 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 the number crunch you would be happy with that price yeah we were happy with
1: the 7% appreciation year over year but uh... who knew you'd be
2: off
0: by about triple (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, we, uh, we uh yeah and that's uh, when that first started happening to us on rent to own so for anyone listening if you're not familiar with rent to owns before the tenant moves in um, you agree to a buyout price usually after three years where they can buy the property from you at this set price I remember a member that we've worked with for a long time he was a Burlington townhome and he appreciated it at 7% this was probably Mm -hmm. the year 2009 or 10 and we were like oh my gosh like 7% are you crazy like compounded for three years the bio price is going to be, be so high no bank will appraise it at that the tenant's going to have all kinds of troubles buying out doesn't it go buy out no problem you know it appreciated like seven and a half percent the bank was fine with it he made a fun of us he's like I should teach the class why are you guys teaching real estate <laughs> stuff right and uh and then now in this last last few years even if you did seven percent yeah when property prices go up like 15 what you know compounded I mean that's the downfall of kind of rent to own because you're having them buy out and that's when buyouts on rent to owns always go through the roof when there's so much equity in the in the home the buyout rate of rent to owns will go to like into the 90% of every one of them that comes due but when real estate markets correct or not even correct we haven't had that but when 2008 or so when um 2009 when the great financial crisis was still going on in the u.s and housing really was getting a bad name in the u.s even though prices weren't coming down here because all the headlines were negative all the rent to owns that were coming due because we were doing two-year rent to owns back then they nobody was buying out and the words were we're not going to buy this this property is going to go we're not going to be stuck with this property it's going to go down in value over the next few years we're walking away or we'll stay and just rent from you And so the buyouts went from, you know, what we thought would be like 80% or so to like 30%. So it's just weird how human psychology works. Like it really has, it's almost just however the real estate is being portrayed in the media will affect the buyout rate of a rent to own. And it's just, it's been fascinating to watch over the years. So like you can probably generalize on a rent to own and saying that 50% of them get bought out but it's a kind of a bad number to throw out there because when, t- when, it's a- when they're appreciating, it's like 90 something percent. Yeah. Yeah. And when you know the, the, it's negative news, it's like 30 something percent, right? Yeah. So it's just yeah. kind of the weirdest thing to watch human nature.
1: Yeah. yeah, But at the end of it, I mean, we're okay with it because the thing is we, we went in there establishing some criteria mm-hmm. and the end of that criteria means that it's a win-win again for both us and for mm-hmm. the tenant. Right or for potentially new homeowners. So. Yeah,
0: so your profit on that, even though it could have been more at mm-hmm. fair market value of today, what you calculated, you're fine with it. You guys are very nice people. We've had a few <laughs> members very upset with us that that they didn't appreciate them uh, well, much higher.
1: You know what? <laughs> That's the thing. Is well,
3: that what we secretly don't want the tenant. <laughs> sure, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. You know,
0: if you're stuck with it, it's a good problem exactly, at this point. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah, look at it this way: if we didn't take the jump and the leap of faith we would have had nothing. Like we yeah. wouldn't be in this position to actually say, Hey, yeah, we're coming out with something.
0: Yeah. yeah. And look how much you lear- I just think how much you've learned. Mm-hmm. Like, look, oh, yeah. just, you know, a strategy, okay. you might never use the rent owned strategy again, but isn't it nice to have that in your back pocket? Should you need it on a property? Mm-hmm. So what about the student rental property? When Nadim introduced you to that idea, how has managing that property been up to this point? Are you managing it yourselves or do you have property managers?
3: No, we manage it ourselves. It's been pretty good. We haven't had any large issues. Like we're, we're lucky that, that that place was a brand new build. So a lot of the, you know, the guts and stuff are new. Um, from managing tenants point of view, I mean, we've been pretty lucky. Um, our students have been really good. There hasn't been any crazy parties where they completely trashed our house that, you know, we hear and we...
1: Wait, that doesn't happen?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, kudos to you, like, for managing, like, not to be manage student rentals on their own.
1: Yeah, like, yeah. Um, it's just this debate about, okay, do we manage ourselves, do we don't? So, I mean, the first one was we just want to learn the process to understand, okay, well, if we do hire a property manager, what do they have to go through so that, you know, we don't get, I'm going to say that word, scammed again, right? Oh, mm-hmm. like, you know, they're charging us too much. But when we went through it, it wasn't too bad because yeah. the big part of it, it was a new product, like Jen said. So a lot of the maintenance, we, we could defer it for another five years. There's no need to replace shingles when the shingles are brand new. So a lot of those things, you know, that helped us uh, decide that, okay, let's just try this first. Yeah. Um, and when it came down to, it, it was just asking other people, other investors, like what's your experience with managing student rentals? And we heard more about the higher end student rentals. I wouldn't call it the luxury market of student rentals. But you see where the trend is going lately is that people are looking for nicer space. Totally. Spaces. Mm-hmm. Back when we were students oh, and we man. were living, yeah. every house no was one would a slum. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And that's not, that's not the, the product anymore that's being uh, put out there. Yeah. Parents are looking
2: And I find with student rentals, if, if you show care to the students yeah. and respect your property, they'll respect you back, right? Yeah. yeah. It was was just establishing property. those, those exact, expectations up
1: front and the relationships. Because when, when it comes down to it, who's paying the rent for the students? Mm-hmm. the parents right yeah. and back to that whole story at the beginning right in terms of like what are you looking for your for your kids you're trying to find a good place for your kids to live mm-hmm. you do not going to put them in a place where you know potentially you'll have to deal with i don't know all these other issues right.
0: H- how did you guys handle your fears when covid first broke out and everybody thought we weren't going to get paid rent and the student and if you did have student rentals so first of all on regular rental properties there i think it was april uh First, 2020. Am I mixing in my year? Yep, what year are we? 2020? Yes. Is yep. that when COVID started? Yep. <laughs> April 1st, 2020. And then May 1st, 2020. There was this, those two months were the biggest panic we had ever see, yeah. seen in here from investors thinking, holy shit, we are screwed. Mm-hmm. And when April 1st rolled in and rent started coming in, it was like, okay. Yes, yes, residential real estate, people need a place to <laughs> live. And then May 1st kind of proved it. We're like, okay, I think we're going to be okay. Yes. But did you guys have an emotional roller coaster? Did you miss rent? And on the student rental, w- did you miss rent during the COVID era there?
1: Yeah, so um, conveniently, mm-hmm. that's kind of when the turnover of students from the, f- the end of the semester, starting the new semester was starting, right literally in between that, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, well, st- April's the last month. April's yeah. the last, uh, yeah, May's the last month. April's the last, May, May 1st. The yeah, start. sorry, April. April starts, yeah, exactly. So. It was right in between that period where we were like very confused. We we're like, "Holy crap!" I remember messaging Nadeem. I I wrote you guys, but like, well, did you? I already forget. Well, yeah. yeah, you guys were just like, "We're we're we're coming out with something. We're we're gonna have a we're gonna broadcast something to all our members, and we're gonna we're gonna." But just. the option
2: was, it's a nice house. You love. we be able to convert back to a single family home. Well, right?
1: that's exactly. So when we just stepped that back a little bit, it was like, okay, well, what's our worst case? our worst case is that we can rent it out as a single family or we really can offload it. At that time, we haven't thought about short-term rentals like Airbnb's, but that could have been an option too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it came down to it, we did have, uh, one, two vacancies, but that was because they, uh, two students, uh, their situation they, you know, they had to leave early. Their parents just couldn't afford the rent. it was one of those, am I going to go after students for, you know, 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. I'll just go find another one. And that was that mentality. Went to it, just posted it on the Facebook forums and we found we found students willing to move out because they still they still wanted to be away from their home and from their parents and be able to study, regardless if it was COVID or not. Good for you guys, man. And Just that's what
0: we all learned. Students basically want yeah. to be away even, from even home. Even your son. Yeah. Oh, your yeah. son, yeah. Yeah, yeah, my son. Yeah, son, I guess Western was shut down again this January, but because he's in a student rental off of campus, not in the residence, they all went back. They're like, we are going back. I think they, they stayed home over the holidays an extra week or two. I already forget. But then they were like, we're back, even though classes were not in person. Because yep. they're like, we're out of here, right? We're going to go live together. They but their gu- freedom. Yeah. yeah. But good for you guys. I mean, like, that's... That's another thing now that you've been through. Mm -hmm. You've seen a pretty epic real estate situation and you've survived it. And to me now you have those fears to learn, not fears. I'm I'm not saying you were fearful. I just mean you have those those experiences to learn from. So that should something happen to you next time, you just kind of roll with it. And uh, so really kudos to you. And to think about the other options you can do with the properties, that's something we always talk about here where, you know, can we convert a student rental to a single family? Can we, we convert it to a duplex? Can we do a rent to own? Like what are our options on this property? It gives us a little bit more freedom with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's that's a great thing about real estate. It gives us options, right? And that the whole saying is options give you options.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I remember actually going back to the options, like even your rent to own, mm-hmm. I think it's got the split level right yep and i know we talked about converting conversion on that too yeah we've been thinking about right? that like so what if do if we if the tenant doesn't buy out oh, that's an yeah. easy because that's again we did yeah. rent to own but we had other, other options with the house just yep. buying the house right Yep, yeah yep. and there's
1: comparables on the market where they've they've converted a similar house into a duplex so mm-hmm. you know needless to say yeah that's a really it's a an option that we're considering sure but even short-term rental because it's in a great area of st Catharines. yeah
0: Yeah, I'm shocked at the amount of short-term rentals going on in the whole Niagara region. Like, I'm just completely blown away. There's a a few members of our team, including Nadim, who are in that area all the time. And I just, I'm blown away the amount of Airbnb stuff. I think Niagara-on-the-Lake, you can't do Airbnb. There's different pockets, that were the bylaws. But in general, the short-term rental market out there is just, like, fascinating to me. I was clueless to it.
1: And St. Catharines recently just, uh, I think they are starting to allow short-term rentals through, uh, like, a licensing program. So similar to like Thorold and other areas, it's, it's just a licensing thing. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a bear to a lot of people who are like, Oh, I got to go apply for a license now. Well, if you got a property that's legit and -hmm. you got no concerns, then just pay the 400 bucks, get it over with, you know, that's an extra selling feature for your tenants to say, Hey, I have a property that is actually licensed oh, here. Yeah.
0: yeah, you guys are interesting to me because I, I find that I I meet more most people your age first of all you're in your 30s, you're uh, you're in your 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not our target market. Like we get <laughs> people in our 20s here. Oh, okay. And then we get people in their kind of mid 40s and beyond.
3: Interesting. Be- I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
0: because people in their 30s basically you're broke. You're having kids, you're moving into your first like family home, mm-hmm. you need the car that you bought in your early 20s is now garbage and you yeah. need a new car. So you need a new car in your 30s, and you need a new house. If you're having kids, you have all these extra costs mm-hmm. that you have and we just generally don't see people in their 30s. And then usually if they haven't done anything in their 20s, they'll, they'll come to us in their 40s and start saying, hey, we need to start adding some real estate to our lives. We also do see some people in their 20s because in their 20s, you're usually still living at home. If you're working, you have some disposable income. You can kind of get together maybe with you and a buddy and buy your, you know, do a joint venture and buy your first kind of income property. Mm -hmm. But in their 30s, you guys are the anomaly. Like we don't have many people in their 30s.
3: It's funny you say that, because we've had this conversation where, you know, we always talk about your network is so important, right? Trying networking with people who are like, with likely, uh, with um, similar mindsets, right? And we've always talked about it, we're like it's hard for us to find sometimes people in the same boat as us. We have young kids, how do we do? Like we always struggle. Like, How do we do this with kids? Like I was just telling the team earlier, I haven't seen the third property that we have. Mm-hmm. I've seen pictures, I've seen videos, right? I haven't even seen it because you know those times that Jason and heard went Jason's out, Jason's brands, yeah, Jason's <laughs> went out to the property, to deal with tenants, to you know, and I was at home with the kids, especially during COVID. I couldn't like ha- I typically would hand my kids off to. Grandparents, but you know we were trying to be careful, and you know we couldn't babysitters couldn't get through into our house, so it's like okay, I'll, I'll stay home with the kids, and and you were were you work, were
0: you wor- working as well, and we were yeah.
3: working right, so it's 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 funny you say that because we've had that exact same conversation. Oh yeah, that we, like we, it's hard for you, us to find you that,
0: and you niche. just from like from I guess 14 years of doing this, you just it's gonna be really next to impossible for you. <laughs> but I will tell you that like now that you've uh, accumulated some real estate in your 30s. Now you get to your, and I know this sounds so far away, but now you get into your 50s mm-hmm. and it's game changing because the compounding of the properties, take any appreciation rate and just put it into a spreadsheet and compound kind of your portfolio now, 20 years from now. And it's a game changing number. Like I find most people focus so much on their fears of what can go, on with the, go wrong with the real estate that we sometimes will tell them, hey, what are your properties worth right now? Take any appreciation rate that you want. Take 3%, 2%, 5.5%, 7 21, <laughs> you know, whatever, 21 whatever you want. Put it into a spreadsheet and run that sucker for 20 years. Mm-hmm. What are those properties worth? Mm-hmm. Do you think this is worth the journey? And I find most people are so focused on the immediate problems and things that could go wrong today that they don't see or extrapolate to the future. Yep. And for you guys now in your 30s to be accumulating, it's just I already know where you're going to be and I'm like, wow, this is, uh, this is, this is exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a part part of it is if you take it from a stock investing piece, right, where a lot of uh, a lot of new investors are also have similar fears. They're always worried about losing money. So the short sightedness of, hey, I'm I'm worried about losing a dollar to actually uh, get five, right? Lose one to get five. They're worried about the one as opposed to looking at the upside. So there's, there's still four, right? Yeah, there's still four. And human
0: nature is so interesting too, because in the 2009-10 the era, when real estate had kind of this bad name, we were seeing properties in Hamilton. We weren't into St. Catharines just yet at that time, but we were just looking at the income and the expenses. Mm-hmm. And we were like, wait, the income on this property is this much in rent. Mm-hmm. The expenses when you buy it at this price and this interest rate are this much these things look like no-brainers to us. And I would tell some of my friends who were in the software industry back then, and they were like, are you crazy? I'm not gonna be buying this property in like Hamilton, Ontario. And we were just looking at the numbers thinking, I don't understand why, like, this just makes sense. But then when the real estate market starts to pump, really hard you get all these people who were not paying attention to it to your point jason like then they're like oh my gosh let's get in we have to get in at any price and then if it turns a little bit they're like oh my gosh it's over and you're just standing back watching this going human nature is ridiculous (laughs) you know (laughs) so if you just get in for the right approach and just look at the numbers and just stay in for the long haul it's going to work out So uh,
1: and if there's a lot of context that's provided being in a in a network of like minded individuals where you, part of it is just educating everyone about, you know, it's not about timing the market. Sometimes you can time the market, but, you know, that's a little bit of luck and combined with some uh, hard work. But it's time in the market. It comes down to it, we always hear it. We right. hear all these these little sayings, but a lot of people don't take that to heart because it's like, ah oh, well, yeah, you know. You you got lucky. You got got lucky. lucky,
0: So, how did you get into this third property? Is interesting to me because this is during. So, Jen, you didn't see it.
3: I still haven't seen it. Okay, (laughs) this is perfect. I love that. I love this. So now
0: Jason's wild. (laughs) So now he's gone from cautiously putting numbers into a spreadsheet, saying, "Jen, what do you think?" (laughs) To like, he's out of control. So now,
1: (laughs) remember, jump first kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. So
0: what's the deal with this property? Nadim, you found some property and said, "Jason, buy this."
2: It was a. uh, (laughs) Or did you? Not not the nicest area, but it was a good opportunity because it had. A trip a three units.
1: Yeah. Like uh we I think I saw it in one of the emails or something like so that. So what city are we in? St. Catharines? Is is Welland well. now. Okay. Well and now. okay. Yeah. So we've done each city, right? Yeah. So it's one of those I was like, oh, this is interesting. Um let's take a look. Hey, Nadine, can we take a look? And went to visit. I remember there was a few other Rockstar members there as well. You were touring it with right. some other Rockstar members and everyone I remember coming out, and some of the faces of uh, the other members were like a bit concerned. It was one of those <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So compared to our first two, I mean, it was a bit older. It was a bit older, so not new product or anything like that. So it need, needed a bit of TLC. Um, but uh, it was one of those, okay, let's run the numbers and understand where we have, right. where we got to be. You look beyond. That's right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's times where this property does give me a lot of headache and anxiety, right? Um, because it requires a bit more uh, management. Yeah. Because of
0: the age of the property. Um, that or, or, and or the tenant profile tenant, in tenant the property is okay. not as
1: strong as the other areas that we're in, um, but we went into that understanding that, and it was one of those. Okay, well, you know what? What's the lift? What's the upside? Right. There's going to be a bit of pain. We knew that. Mm-hmm. I, it, we would never know what kind we're going to experience either. Like I was in my head just saying, oh well, I'm expecting this, this, and this to happen. <laughs> it was just like, okay, well. And so you, did
0: you buy this, so this is a, tri, a, a triplex, yeah. and you bought it with tenants in the property? Yeah,
2: two. We've, we've changed over, right? I think yep. everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's changed over. And uh, they're all your placements, right?
1: Uh, yeah, no, actually, we've hired out to, to property management, because we just figured at some point it was, it, you know, it was not worth my time to, to just be looking for tenants all the time or managing little issues. Because when it came down to it, it was like, okay, well, what's my ROL, my return on lifestyle? Is if I'm driving an hour, an hour and a half every I single know, every time, time I, I deal call, with something, you'd
2: be in- Welland, and we'd connect. Right? Yeah, it was <laughs>
1: like, oh, I'm in Welland again. He's like, oh, what, what was
0: an example of something that you were doing?
1: Um, so, uh, I'll give you an example. So, um, there was one time where uh, when we when we just closed the property, literally week week after closing the property, I got two calls, right, from the new tenant that I placed, and it was one of these emails of saying, hey, um, one of the tenants sent me. <laughs> Just say what, are, it. Yeah. What, are, what is about
0: to come out of your mouth? Just say hey, it. what. One of your, tenments, you, what are your tenants. your sent
1: me a gift, so, and it, so it, was it was like a, a male, bag of a shit, man, or, we'll, shit we'll, or something. Yeah, it's we'll female, a female. It's a female, female tenant, <laughs> and a male tenant sent her a gift. We'll, we call it the infamous lingerie tenant. Oh <laughs> <laughs> shit! Uh, shout out to Kelly Hawks uh, on this. Uh, she helped us out with uh, dealing with this one, so she knows about it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, the other tenant gifted some lingerie to her. And I remember she telling me, she was like, you know, hey, I, I moved specifically to avoid specific issues like this. I was like, oh my goodness, really? Like, how could you have guessed, right? Yeah. And it was one of those, okay, well, what do I do? How do I deal with this? <laughs> it's not in the Rockstar yeah, yeah, Guidebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lingerie? Oh, damn. Kelly, not Haw-
0: Kelly Hawks is the catch-all. So if you're yeah. listening to this, Kelly Hawks is uh, basically a very experienced paralegal who specializes in the Tenant Act here in Ontario, so she's the catch-all. If you run into a situation that's not covered anywhere, it's yeah. like, oh, I guess you have to call Kelly. Yeah,
1: well, it was so one of those. Like, so just, you know went to the property and just talked to the tenants, and be like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, you
2: added cameras for
1: safety. Yeah, we added cameras that. for safety just because, right? Because they didn't want to want to make that tenant feel uncomfortable. So, um, and uh, there's some other issues like um, uh, like like a flood. Like water is like the enemy to all real estate, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. it was one of those where just water found its way in and it was one of those I remember a message at uh, 11 o'clock at night oh just letting you know this happened three days ago I'm like what? oh three days ago like what? oh oh my god I remember messaging everyone but like oh my crap what do I do right how do I get the water out and uh, you know it was it was really nice the tenant uh, had a had a parent that lived close by and cleaned it all up and then when i got there it was pretty much like all dry and everything but it was one of those okay well what
0: was that water uh, was that a water leak a sump pump that was malfunctioning what was it
1: yeah through uh through the window well
0: oh got it so did you have to dig outside to seal that up
1: yeah yeah like yeah i would still have to dig it up and stuff like that. yeah got it
0: Yeah, Nick to this day still doesn't own a property that uh, hasn't had a water issue. Every property I own with Nick has water problems. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of like his his thing. But uh, you're just making me think of just, you know, when we were talking earlier about our kids and putting them through different situations. And then hearing your story, uh, we had this duplex, uh, we still have it, but uh, the tenants in the basement were causing all kinds of problems and quasi kind of threatening the parent, uh the tenants upstairs. They were being noisy. They had like so many guests over clogging the driveway. And it was really like, it was nothing you could evict them over, mm-hmm. but it was enough that like it legitimately was kind of disrupting the um, peace and quiet of the tenants upstairs and the tenants upstairs wouldn't go on record to say it was disrupting their kind of living standard. So that Kelly was telling us, unless the tenants upstairs actually go on record and sign a piece of paper saying this is disrupting them, it's difficult for you to evict unless you get like a neighbor to kind of like rat out these tenants (laughs) and get them to sign a piece of paper. I'm like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this one? But the tenants upstairs constantly complained to us saying, hey, the downstairs tenants are causing all this noise. And I'm like, hey, if you sign this form, I forget what it was. I think it was an N6. I forget which ten, tenant yeah. board form it was. and But they wouldn't sign it. But they kept calling me. So I had to have these like adult conversations with the tenant upstairs saying, listen, I want to help you, but you need to help yourself to help me help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to go on the record. But anyway, one day I kind of got fed up with it they had some people that were living in the 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 basement property and i got Aiden, my son i guess he would have been maybe 10 at that time i said hey we're gonna go talk to a tenant come with me and i probably should have never brought him to this situation but you know they had like three or four people all hanging out in the backyard i went down in with aiden behind me um to the to knock on the tenant's door to talk to them about the situation they opened the door about three inches and i'm kind of looking through you know we're trying to look through see what's going on inside inside the house and i could see there's another bed in the middle of the living room, I'm like, hey, do you have like extra people sleeping here? That Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it's really like, I'm not supposed to ask that. They're allowed to actually have visitors, and but I'm like trying to ask and I'm, I'm keeping Aiden behind me with like one arm because I don't know what's going <laughs> down here. And then we left, I forget what, I think I collected some rent. Talked them about keeping the noise down if they were having people over, and left. And I just reflect back. I'm like, what was I doing bringing my son there? Like, I, who knows what was going to happen in this kind of situation? Probably yeah. not the best idea to like have all these adults around. I'm walking in as a landlord with my ten year old son, saying, "I want to show you a situation here." You know, yeah. but that's uh, that was my attempt at trying to show my son, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is like the stuff you have to handle." Yeah, you know.
1: But interesting. So, when you when you said that, it reminds me of kind of going back to our first property where. At that time, we just had Josh, right? He was just one and a half, it's so like around two, just mm-hmm. under two, right? Yep. So it was one of those very busy summers where we're closing two properties back to back and the first one was obviously rent to own. So it was like, okay, we got to get this tenanted. We got to get this filled. And we didn't have babysitting at that time um, and it was one of those, okay, well, just bring them along. Just bring the kids along. And I remember him just running around <laughs> the property, but like playing around and but, the tenants coming in and all the people coming in, but like, Oh, is that your kid? Who's, kid? Who's kid? Who's this kid running around? It's like, oh yeah, it's our kid, it's our kid. But it was just one of those. Just that's what it to takes to get stuff. To done. Yeah. Work. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah. But you know what? He asked us to this day, hey, what's that house we went to with that backyard and that, you know, that wow.
2: et cetera. Good memory. There is a park yeah. in the back. There's a park hmm. in the back.
3: Right. The the backyard opened to in a public park and hmm. that's what he remembers. He remembers, Oh, I, wow. I wanna I wanna go to, really? I wanna go to that park again. Mommy can not go to that park.
0: Very cool. Um, yeah. So, this uh, just to, so the third property that you purchased it, it's yep. a triplex, you have it now. Um, do all the properties you currently have are they c- the cash flowing positive at this moment in time? Where are you with the kind of cash flow numbers on it? Not yeah. specifically, I just don't yep. know if yeah. you have
1: the triplex is cash flowing very well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cash flowing. Uh, the student rental is cash flowing. The rent to own is actually um, break even, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly negative just due to some of the increases in uh, property tax, utilities, like that stuff has increased a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean. It's
3: a learning experience. It's a learning right? experience. When we, you know, mm-hmm. we
1: plug in as many numbers as you think, not all of them come out exactly mm-hmm. accurate. So, mm-hmm. um, but we're okay with that. I mean, it is what it is. It's nothing that we can go back and say, hey, I wish I did it differently and I would have got this and that.
2: Are you calculating the option payment as part of your cash flow? Yeah. Yeah. And so
0: that property. So now that you have this experience with real estate up until this point, with a, this rent to own, you've done a lot now. You have a rent to own. You have a student rental. You have this triplex. How do you look at properties going forward? Will cash flow be your number one thing? Location be the number one thing? The property type? Is there is there like what? How do you approach it now?
1: Yeah. So that's part of our larger goals now, where we're trying to figure out, okay, what exactly? How is it going to fit in our lifestyle? Because um, we. We're, we've gone through, like you said, gone through so many. Mm-hmm. Do we want cash flow or do we want equity? So it's a battle. Um, so we are kind of going through that right now. Like we want we want the cash flow so it can help supplement our income. Because really, realistically, part of the goal is to exit from from the sure. traditional 9 mm-hmm. to 5. Um, but we all know that it's harder to find cash flow, strong cash flowing properties. It's, it's still there. It's available. It's just harder to find. Um, but... Listening to you guys talk and reiterate the importance of building wealth through properties. Right? So it's that balance. Okay, well, what are we going to prioritize? And I think we don't have that answer right now because we're still going through that. We're trying to figure out, okay, what makes sense for us? because it's a delicate balance.
0: It is, and I think we were talking about this. I don't think we were recording yet just about sometimes a property can be not the best investment property and really affect your lifestyle. We were talking about the mm-hmm. property we purchased in Croatia, and it just didn't make any financial sense when we bought that property. Like I, At the time, I was sharing that it probably cost us three rental properties, mm-hmm. because the down payments were so low back then, the amount we bought it for, that was like three rental properties. But I'm so grateful we did it, because for the last... I guess, dozen years, except for one summer, um, we've been there with the families. And our kids have traveled and enjoyed it and they've learned different cultures and different perspective on the world. And we brought them, you know, uh, I think a whole different view on life by having that kind of property and just kind of living that way. So sometimes I think, you know, not every real estate purchase needs to really, like you kind of have to live in the now as well. So it is this kind of delicate balance. Yeah. And then, and, and, and then when you, when I, when I, if anyone's listening to this, it's not like we're so pro real estate, it's more that we're pro owning assets mm-hmm. and that real estate for most Canadians, we're fortunate enough to live in this environment where you can buy real estate as an asset that kind of works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't want to say easy, because listen to everything that you've been through, right? But it's kind of like a business in a box. You buy this thing. The customers kind of live there. They show up every day. You deal with the finances and the expenses, and there's things to manage. But you're buying little businesses, essentially. And it's, the to me, the easiest way to accumulate assets into your life. And ultimately, I think that's what we all want because that's what's going to give us freedom, yep. owning assets. Mm-hmm. So, you know… Yeah. And I guess I'm just kind of ranting around here a little bit, but I don't think your next property purchase absolutely needs to be the home run cash flow. Sometimes you do need to make the, the lifestyle purchase.
1: Yeah. Uh, I guess that's all part of the journey, right? Kind of figuring out what's next because we don't have all the answers. And if you're listening to this and you hear a lot of people on Instagram saying it, it seems like they have it all figured out, I guarantee you they don't. Because what you see on the outside is really different from the inside. So every new real estate investor that goes through this, goes through the same fears, even seasoned investors. We talk like people have very similar doubts, It's just a matter of how you're gonna find solutions to those, those problems. There's always a solution to a problem. That's what we've been taught. So if anything school taught me, it was find a solution. There's ways to find a solution. It's not, it's not one plus one equals two.
0: How does your uh, commercial real estate background affected some of your residential thinking? Have you been able to kind of parlay some of the skills from that world into this world or no? They're just kind of like two
1: separate things. They're a bit, they're a bit different. Um, scale and the, the type of invest properties that I work on are, are very different. Um, if anything, it's been more of the management stuff that's been helping me in terms of organization. But I'm also trying to get up to that as well because it's, a, I mean, how many, how many projects can I manage on my own? Right. Especially with young kids, with a family, you know, I still want to enjoy my life. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a full time property or project manager in real estate, because then that takes away from what I'm actually like want to do in life. So there, there is a bit of com- uh, comparables where I can take some of the uh, lessons that I'm learning at, at work. But it's it's not it's not all the same.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the same. Jen, is your what type of engineering do you do?
3: I am a chemical engineer. Oh, and cool. I work at it. I work as an engineering manager at a consultant firm in Burlington. Okay, yeah.
0: got it. Uh, for some reason, when you said chemical engineer, I was trying to tie it to real estate. And I have you guys ever watched Breaking Bad?
3: Yeah. Yes. Okay. I just thought, oh,
0: <laughs> here's someone who could do some, that's make chem- some that's crazy. A that's, <laughs> Sorry, a that's a chemist. Sorry, that's yeah. a chemist. That's Sorry. Yeah, see, that's, you can see where my brain goes. I'm like, oh, how does this work in real estate? Well, I guess who knows what's happening in some of these properties. But okay, so being a chemical engineer, what type of work, is, so what What exactly do you do as a chemical engineer?
3: So at my work, we, uh, we're consultants, so we work with a lot of the big oil and gas firms. Oh, got it. Um, You know, the Suncor is the... Imperial oils, the big, the big ones, and we uh, help them build plants, right? Or modify plants, increase their capacities, things like that.
0: Holy smoke. So both of your experiences and then to take what you do in your kind of careers to bring it to residential real estate, the scale of what you're doing compared to your residential investing is like so different.
2: Yeah. Yeah. it's exactly. uh,
1: like we, We've looked at it and it'd be like, okay, well, what's, what's the most uh, common theme here, right? Where we're working and in real estate, being a landlord. It's just, it's being it's working with humans, right? Our tenants are people and being a landlord is actually just a human management. It's a people management issue. So actually my job, the most relatable thing is my interaction with different clients, different vendors. That's the best thing that I take away from my job is like being able to connect with different people. Like, I don't know if you understand the disk profile, if you've heard yeah, about yeah. the mm-hmm. Briar Migs yeah, thing. Yeah. We've had everyone here. Yeah. D-
0: actually, did you do yeah, the disk yeah. profile? Everyone at Rockstar pretty much goes does the full disk before they start working here.
1: Yeah, and when you understand that a little bit better, you can actually use that to your advantage. Well, hopefully, mm-hmm. right, through practice. And it go, goes back to one of those challenges we had on that triplex where it wasn't anything technical or anything with the property. It was about with tenants. That inherited tenant that was the lingerie tenant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, he ended up not paying rent for eight months. And that was a really, really hard That's time cool. for us, right? Because it was one of those, oh, crap, the story you hear about actually comes true, right? But then uh, we went through a lot of lessons, but then we, we, we connected with the right people to help us get out of that problem. So it was one of those, We I tried, I went to the property maybe like three weeks in a row trying to convince this tenant, be like, hey, what's going on, right? If it was first the approach of, okay, let's be, Nadim you and I know, were we like, went, okay, went you went be there. good cop, I be bad be cop, okay? <laughs> I
2: remember that. Right?
1: we go in and be like, let's try to like, see what's going on here. And that didn't work. It was yeah. one of those like just complete right over the head. And I went in with a... He was a strange character. It was a strange character. And I went in with a few other investors that I've connected with to try to leverage their, their expertise. And same thing. It was, well, let's try a different approach. It did not work. And then went on my own. And it went strong arm. It was one of those strong arms, right? <laughs> like came in and be like really nice and then just turned on the strong... <laughs> Uh, you know the high D profile was like, hey, you gotta, you you gotta get out of here or do something, right? Because yeah. this is not acceptable. It's one of those. But it's funny how you go through that shift yeah. because
0: when we first had to um, serve somebody papers because they weren't paying rent. Um, I went to drop it off at the mailbox of the house. I was so scared that I parked like two doors down and I saw where the mailbox was on their front porch and I kinda like beelined it like up into the house, dropped it in the the mailbox and then I like took off and then I sent them an email like from back at home or wherever I was saying, hey, Dropped a note for you in the in the <laughs> and then after years have gone by, now it's like, hey, listen, you owe rent. You know, yeah. here's the form. Okay, we don't. This is a business. You know, we had this talk before you moved in. Let us know if you're paying tomorrow. If not, we're just gonna take the next step. So you transition from like this, or me anyway, yeah. from this like scared person to just like, Look, I'm ready to deal with anything. What and, you got?
1: And that goes that's in the back of my mind because I remember you telling this story on your podcast, right? So in the back of my mind, I'm like, I hear Tom's voice, but like like opening the mailbox, (laughs) dropping it in. I'm like, literally, holy crap, is the tenant looking out the window? Yeah, 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 exactly. Did the curtains move? Did the curtains move? It was one of those. I looked around around the property. (laughs) If you could see me on camera, I'm literally scanning the windows, be like... (laughs) Is this, is this pendant there? And yeah, just put yeah. it there, took a photo, yeah. and then left. <laughs>
0: you run. You run for your life. That's the most ridiculous, we sad it. thing to report, but it happens to all of us. I don't care who you are. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Yeah, you know?
2: we should do a show at everyone's first end for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, yeah. <laughs> First
0: terror. But then when you don't get rent for like X number of weeks or months, all of a sudden your tolerance to handle anything just starts going up yeah. and you're like, Hey, listen, yeah. you know what? I need my rent. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's funny how that transitions. I want to ask you guys something. You guys both seem to have a really interesting perspective on life with your kids. And you were talking about Canada, how we kind of live in a bubble here and you have, you seem very principle based in, in the how you're talking about like working with people mm-hmm. that the rental or real estate business is more about a people management business. Where does that come from? Why do you have this thinking in this way? Are you, do you have very consciously described principle, kind of principles in your life that you live by? Or is this just something unconscious that I'm seeing in you? Where do you think the way you look at the world comes from? Your parents? Together, do you have these conversations? Well,
1: Dr. Phil. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, actually. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it, 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 if anything, it just comes back to that principle of treat others the way you want to be treated. You know, my parents couldn't articulate that very well just because of a language barrier. But the the way they raised us always had that principle in place. It was like, OK, you were an a-hole. Oh, man, I wish I could, yeah, I could curse on this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you being an broken. asshole? Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you being an asshole? OK, well, here's what being an asshole is going to turn out to for you. So they would kind of demonstrate that in like real life examples, right, through discipline and hard-nosed immigrant discipline. I'm not talking about like go to the corner discipline mm-hmm. where that's kind of what <laughs> we're allowed to do now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you growing up with immigrant parents, you know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. our right?
0: father had two, like, I felt like metal fingers that would like stab yeah. me in the side of the head. <laughs> like whenever I did something wrong, it was like he would just jab it. It was like you were getting hit by yep. like a bat. Or oh, something. that's
1: nice. At least that, that's part of his body. It wasn't any foreign yeah, that's yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got it, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it comes down to just how our parents brought us up. Using that that same principle, it, it was never defined like that, mm-hmm. right? Exactly.
0: So then, and and Jen, similar to you, parents pretty structured.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, similar, similar. I think, um, I think even more structured than I yeah. would think his his yeah. parents. I, I, I just when we compare our kids' stories, um, my parents were yeah pretty strict. Um, so I think yeah, you're right. I think you just you just get it from your parents, right? How your perspective in life. Um, but again as I as I said earlier you know your perspective like changes right you need to adapt with the environment and that, that's how we've kind of adapted to like the people management thing you know again our parents are immigrants how can you people manage properly when you can't communicate properly right they try don't get me wrong they probably tried but we have that advantage of being able to people manage we' be able to learn through the language and through our experiences and like you said this whole Rental and whole real estate business. It's it's all people management How did your uh,
2: parents mm-hmm. feel when you told me you're, you're buying your investment property since they were already investing? Uh, my dad was uh, Slightly hesitant
1: because he kind of knew the challenges that he went through like um, so he kind of has that pain But he also understood like because when I went back to him like well, do you regret buying it? And you see him kind of think about it. It's like <laughs> you didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, that I know my answer, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's all. There's always this barrier that they put up to try to protect us. It's like, sure. hey, you know, you're gonna run into problems. A lot of people we talked about, um, they were said, "Ooh, it's kind of risky." Ooh, this. Ooh, that. Like yeah, every that, that's friends saying, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your friends, family, uncles. I had an uncle call me out saying that you know, it's us type of landlords that are causing the housing crate problem. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you it was are a, the problem. It was a yeah. tough, was a tough yeah. chat, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that, that, that's just going to increase over the next 10 yeah. years. It, it's any investor who owns properties. You're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. I always think about that. Like Canadian family, so now I'm just talking in general sense. Yep. Canadian family doesn't feel like they can get ahead in their career. They don't sense financial freedom. They're forced into the real estate market, whether they want to or not, because they see hard assets mm-hmm. going up. They're forced to buying a triplex, for example, Jason, and dealing with all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be vilified for it as, oh, you're part of the problem because you're an investor buying properties and, you know, that's causing how are uh, you're
2: your Are you part of the problem when you're helping people find a place to live, right? Yeah. You're giving homes to people to live in. Yeah. There's a yeah. huge need, there's it bad?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting, interesting times for, uh, for sure. And I just think the biggest thing that I see, like your parents are both immigrants, and I think of my parents both immigrants um, here, and they didn't have a big network. Like, my, my, my father specifically just hung out with other Croatians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he spoke Croatian. Like, he lived in Canada, but it was almost like he lived in Croatia in Canada. You know, he hung out yep. with all different friends, spoke Croatian, you know, only spoke yep. English if he had to, like, try to, like, order a pizza somewhere yep. or do something like that. And uh, But now you guys, the next generation, because this is what I see in myself and Nick, to our kids. So maybe we're not able to match the discipline that our Parents gave us, but the different thing that I feel like we're offering our children, if we could give them some discipline, is this network. Because they didn't know, lo- like, think of you guys now. You know paralegals that know the Tenancy Act. You know lawyers. You know bankers. Mm -hmm. Yourselves are both engineers here. Mm -hmm. The network that you're bringing to the table for your kids, and if they say, hey, I have a real estate question, well, then you can offer, well, we know Nadeem Ahmed. You can talk to Nadeem about this. We know Tom Krause. You can talk to him about this. The value that you're bringing to your kids just from the network that you know to me is immeasurable because I see that's what's happening to my kids because now that they're finishing university, my father did. I barely even, I don't even know if he knows where I went to university. (laughs) You know, so for, for, but for my kids finishing, depending on what they want to do in life, I'm like, well, I know this person over in software. I know this person in real estate. I know this person in finance. Mm -hmm. I know this person in the legal world. Mm -hmm. So the introductions can be made and that matters. Mm -hmm. And to see you guys build your kind of real estate portfolio and make a whole other set of connections that you didn't have. To me, that's of immeasurable value that maybe you don't, I feel like you guys already recognize that, but it gets even more valuable as the years pass on.
3: Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like I said, when my parents came over, they know nobody, right? They had maybe my, my parents came over, they had one sister, yeah. like my mom's sister was here and that's all they knew. Like, and again, it may, with the social media, with internet, right? Like we make it so much easier to find something. You can, you know, Google, Paralegal. Google. You can Google everywhere you want. Back in the day, it's the yeah. yellow pages, right? Like that's yeah. the only way can totally, get that's a content. Right. Yeah, yeah, yellow, yeah, yellow like,
0: pages. You... Holy smokes! I forgot about the yellow yeah, pages. For, yeah. all, for all the
1: twenty-year-olds, that's <laughs> yeah. a physical book. book. Yeah. <laughs> and when it would
0: come at the end of your driveway, yeah. they would just be thrown. In. It was like, oh yeah. my gosh, get the yellow pages. Don't don't let the yellow pages be yeah. thrown out. You needed yeah. them, you know. Yeah. Yeah,
1: triple A rock star real estate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get to the very first yeah, page. Triple yeah. yeah. A pizza. Yeah, what is that? But yeah, they're. Yeah. Jen's totally right. Right. It's, you know, the last two years, last three years has been such an incredible journey, just kind of going through it, not knowing what to expect. Right. And um, COVID has made this weird opportunity to allow us to connect virtually Mm -hmm. where, don't get me wrong, I miss meeting people in person. I mean, I still do, but not to the same scale, because obviously of the things that are happening in our world and our government. But um you know the the chance to be able to just connect with other investors who are kind of going through the same thing, or maybe a few steps before you, or maybe a few steps behind you. Not saying it's a bad thing, but it's giving me that uh, our ability to just say, "Oh, Tom Carrad's on Twitter. Oh, he tweets a lot about this Bitcoin, right?" Mm-hmm. But you could message each other, be like, "Hey, you know." What do you think? Got about a question. This? You got a
0: question. Yeah. Why are you tweeting about and it? Would you just stop already? Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the whole investing community is really open. Like, it's not. there's no secrets. There aren't mm-hmm. any secrets in real estate that no one's really uncovered. There are some strategies that have been refined through hard work and through trial and error. But there's no secrets out there. It's okay. just a matter of, are you
2: going to do it? It reflects back on like what we're saying about our immigrant parents coming here and not knowing anything. But now we're getting so many people just joining our brokerage who are just new, landed... Canadians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're starting out there because they know about us, right? Yeah. They know, yeah. They know about yeah us it's,
0: about it, it's interesting now to meet new immigrants to Canada who find out about us. And you're like, can you really help us buy a property? Yep. And it's like, you just know what's going through their mind and yep. the, how they don't know people here. And it's, it's fascinating. And we're seeing people arrive in Toronto from all over the world. Yeah. yeah. Like all different continents are arriving in Canada right now. Yeah. So uh, interesting times. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, you
3: don't know what you don't know, right? So the fact that you, someone can just go on YouTube and you go through the rabbit hole of YouTube and suddenly, you know, Tom Carrata like comes up, pops up on YouTube, right? And then you suddenly learn, oh, what's that about? Like we never, their parents never had that opportunity. Unless you physically went out to get the information, whether you c- picked up a phone and called a friend, hey, do you know anything about this? Or do you have a friend? Like without doing that, like, that action, you would never know, right? Totally. But now it's just social media, YouTube, watching TV, like there's so yeah. much information and, out there that you just pick up on, right?
1: And the cool thing about us kind of doing, you know, I mean, we've done three properties where, you know, it's really easy for us to compare to other investors that have 20 properties, 30 properties, this, that. And it just, it's perspective, right? It's perspective. And when, when it came down to us talking about like uh, going on this podcast, we we're like, oh, what's Tom gonna ask us? Yeah. Right, really, it was just about sharing our journey because that's the whole thing is that you can take a little tidbits from every, every single person that you meet. Like I'm not here to share a secret about real estate that other investors, uh, uh, ahead of us know or are looking to find out, you know, what, what, what I want to take away from this is that if anything, I want to help my friends Mm -hmm. because you know, if you're going to go on this journey about, you know, wealth and building your, your dream life, be nice to bring a couple of friends with you. Totally. Right?
0: I have a secret mission that I feel that people that get into real estate, whether we pull them in or not, we're making them or forcing them to be more resilient, more resourceful, and it produces a, a society that I want to be in mm-hmm. because... Not that you weren't resilient and resourceful before, but there's a whole bunch of new challenges that just got thrown your way. And if you tackle them all, now you're out there helping other people and our kind of society around me selfishly. Maybe this is a selfish thing now. If there's all these wonderful people like Nadim Ahmed who can tackle anything that comes his way your family who can tackle anything that comes your way. That's kind of like the society I want to live in as opposed to people who are not willing to like go out of their comfort zone. So I have this like ulterior motive somewhat that we never really talk about too much that real estate is actually a personal development program. That like putting you into real estate is my way. (laughs) Way? I know this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, but being it's being uncomfortable. It's, yeah, it's yeah. being uncomfortable. So yeah. it's kind of like we're, you know, I have a Tony Robbins book uh, here, someone recommended. So it's kind of getting past like the Tony Robbins, like seminar version mm-hmm. of personal development and saying, pushing you into this and saying, okay, let's see what you got. You yeah. know
1: what I mean? Yeah, like, ta- like, you know, listen, we are engineers, right, by education. And what does the school system teach us, especially engineers? It's like, okay, well, here's the textbook, the information's in the textbook. When it comes out to real life, there's no textbook to life. There's no textbook to all the different types of real estate, even though that, I mean, there are books, but you gotta take action. Cause I mean, if you're just reading and reading and reading, you've gone through 10 books and all of a sudden people have just gone out there and did something and they and figured they it out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, you know, I really thank both of you guys. You didn't have to come here. You don't have to share any of this stuff. And I just think that uh, someone's going to listen to this and hear your story, and it's really going to help them. So, And and Jason, I want to thank you specifically, because when you found our old website (laughs) and you didn't get scared off, see the journey that unfolded (laughs) in front of you? You literally did not judge the book by its cover. That's what you did there, (laughs) Jason. So, uh, So thank you. And then for you guys to meet Nadeem and Nadeem and you guys to work together, Um, You know, just thank you for all of this. Uh, Really, really appreciate it. And and sharing your story like you did in the member of the month for other Rockstar members to kind of read. It means a lot to us. Thank you for
1: for giving us the opportunity to um, to be part of this this story. Right. Yeah. Without you guys, I mean, I don't think we'd be here either. So,
0: oh, you would have been here. You would have found something <laughs> to you guys. Well, uh, no, it
3: was that fast start class, man. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't scare you off. We didn't no. scare you off. Yeah. Thank you so much. Do you guys um, want to hand out uh, any Instagram handle or anything? Are we leaving that? What are you thinking?
3: No, Stephanie, so we we're we're open to connecting with you know other investors, other you know people who are just interested in getting their journey started as well. So. Yeah. Uh, My handle is at Genfa is J-E-N-N-F-A-H-H.
1: And mine's Mr. Jason Kao. So M-R-J-A-S-O-N-K-A-O.
0: Both on Instagram. There you go. Thanks to both of you. Nadim Ahmed, thank Thank you. you. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey everyone! Hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Janet, Jason. I keep I keep saying Jennifer. I'm, I'm combining their two names, so I apologize, guys. Um, thank you for listening to that. I hope you enjoyed that. That's what I'm trying to say. Hopefully you enjoyed that episode with Jason and Jennifer. They both shared their Instagram handles there if you want to reach out and connect with them. So thank you both for doing that. Thank you Nadeem Ahmed for coming on the show. As I mentioned in the intro, Nadim has been working with us for seven or eight years, a great resource here at Rockstar. So thank you Nadim, for coming on that. And if you are listening to this and you want to get into real estate investing yourself, you can go to the introductory class that we offer about once a month. You can register for that at CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's CanadianRealEstateTraining.com. That's That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.